Welcome to the Industrial Entrepreneur Podcast, where we talk about how to grow an industrial business, make more money, and the many failures and lessons learned along the way. I'm your host, Luke Binden, and I co-own a small manufacturing business. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Game theory in business. I feel like the most successful, the wealthiest people out there kind of treat business as a game. And the best games always have a most effective strategy or what's commonly referred to as the meta, which is most effective tactic available. And with any good game comes a game theory. And that game theory has three elements. You have the players, the information, and the payoffs. So in this scenario, the players would be us as the entrepreneurs and maybe competitor companies. You could also throw in suppliers, customers as the quote-unquote players in the game. Information would be your skill sets, your beliefs, your um, laws in your specific region. Could be a lot of different things for information. And the payoffs could be money, could be power, it could be fame, fortune, like anything that you can consider a payoff or the feeling of a job well done or whatever it is that makes you happy as an entrepreneur or keeps you going. All right, so the first example I have or the first metaphor for game theory is chess. I love chess. play a lot of chess on my phone. (laughs) It's my go-to activity, sitting on the toilet, right before I go to bed or something like that, you know, just sitting there, play a little three, uh, three minute round of bullet chess and chess is a great metaphor because in chess you have the opening, which is a set of moves just in the beginning of the game, the middle game, and then the end game. And I think there's some good parallels between business and chess in that if you are playing a game of chess then you wouldn't also want to be playing another game of chess at the same time because your attention is split. So you can think of the board and this analogy as our attention span. And we all have a limited attention span. So if we're trying to play a game of chess and trying to win, it wouldn't make sense for us to also be playing another game of chess at the exact same time or a completely different game altogether. In the same way, most entrepreneurs have shiny object syndrome of looking around, seeing what else is out there, not focusing on the business that they've committed to or they know is going to pay off in the long term or have already taken the risk on. There tends to be, I'm speaking from experience, this feeling of always wanting to create and build something new instead of just improving on what you already have. And the analogy holds up when you talk about the different parts of a chess game. So the initial opening moves are pretty well known, especially at the highest level. So you look at like Magnus Carlsen, one of the best chess players in the world. He knows almost every single major chess opening that someone at like the highest level could play to a T. He knows probably within five to seven moves at least of each of those individual openings. 
And for certain openings that he plays a lot, he knows quite a bit further what the actual best, most effective strategy is for each move subsequent to what he plays in the opening position. And likewise, in business, the steps of getting started, and especially like the first you know couple months of business, are pretty well known amongst most people. It's general knowledge, how to start an LLC, how to start a business, how to get incorporated, how to write up you know your company agreement, how to get a bank account, how to get a credit card, how to you know go find customers, like just get started. Like that is a very well-known, easy thing to figure out. And I will say that it's so well-known that you shouldn't waste your time trying to figure it out by yourself. And in chess, this was a bit of a controversy back in, I think it was early 2000s, when Gary Kasparov played the, um, I can't remember the name of the chess engine at the time, but finally a, a chess engine that was smart enough to beat Gary Kasparov, one of the best chess players to ever play the game at the time. And that was a paradigm shift for the game of chess because from then on, everyone relied on software and nowadays AI to come up with the the best, like the optimized chess openings. And there was not a lot of creativity. That's kind of one of the... One of the uh, interesting knocks on the game nowadays that there's a lot less creativity in the play because everyone is so good at memorizing these opening moves and not deviating it deviating from it because the artificial intelligences out there now have gotten so good at the game that no one questions it so middle game a lot harder (laughs) a lot more nuance creativity um and if you're playing in a, a timed chess match, then you have to take into account allotted amount of time to make a decision. Like I, lo- I love to play bullet chess, but doesn't quite translate very well into uh, this analogy. So think about like a chess game that's six hours long. Well, you can only take so much time for each move. And some moves might be at a pivotal point in the game where the game is about to transition from the middle game into the end game and you need to take more time to make the right choice, the right decision. And then other moves will be more obvious capturing back a piece or whatever it may be. And then of course at the end game, if you're at the highest of high level competition, it's a very competitive end game. But for our analogy, you can imagine that you had a a good opening, a good middle game. And then the end game, if you're winning is more of just a cleanup you're kind of coasting and letting the moves uh, handle themselves almost. You're just kind of sitting back and watching the fruits of your labor as they are produced on the board. So here's another game theory analogy. I love or have loved in the past to play battle royale games, which includes like Warzone, Fortnite, those type of games. And I think there's a lot of great analogies from these type of games as well. So the premise, if you don't know, is these battle royale games are basically large-scale, big-map video games where you drop in from like an airplane with 100 other players on this island, and you have to go around looting, looking for you know shields or health or guns, 
items and as the match progresses the outside circle perimeter of the map gets smaller and smaller to where if you go outside of that circle you die it's you know mustard gas or whatever it is so the circle gets smaller and smaller and usually the game is like 20 minutes so you have to figure out where's the best place to land where do i have my highest chance of getting the most items quick you know quickly but also not in the most populated areas because then you run the risk of running into someone really early on and having to fight it out and then you end up in a bloodbath and everyone dies so there's a balance between landing in the very best spots but also not competing so early on that you have the least amount of chance to survive to the end obviously the goal at the end is to be the last player standing and having you know killed off the last person you're the very last person victory royale so in business you drop in in a certain area and this could be your area of expertise it could be an area that's you know trending it's hot right now you have an opportunity or whatever it is and you need to prepare yourself and get as much resources and equipment and I guess you could say customers and revenue could be like the analogy for the items and weapons and all that early on so that you're even stronger as the game goes on, as your business develops to where you're well positioned in the later part of the match to have everything you need to weather the quote unquote storm and fight off all the other competitors and be successful. Only other analogy I'd make from this is that inside of a battle royale game, you cannot be at the top level of all the players if you are not aggressive. And this usually this usually shows itself if you're playing, say you have a, a, a squad of, of uh, a teammates, it's like four four teammates on a team and you come across a team you've singled out one of the players on the opposite team and you pull up and shoot them and you wound a couple of them or whatever it is if you sit back and just relax and let them like i guess quote unquote shield back up or get their health rejuvenated and then uh, fight them again then you're at much more of a disadvantage compared to if you would have just been aggressive and pushed as hard as you could towards fighting the rest of the team and killing them off because you have such a massive advantage. So the idea being when you find you have an advantage in business and your product and a patent and whatever, you got to go full force into the situation and lean into the fact that you have an advantage in that area. So practically speaking, like what does this look like? Well, I can tell you from my experience, having gone into an industry that I didn't know much about. So a lot of the early days of the business, I felt very much like the uh, passive onlooker as far as like, I, I just couldn't make a convicted decision on whether or not to go all in towards you know developing this product line or looking into this customer base or 
trying to get this international customer or whatever it was, I just didn't have enough conviction, enough time played in the game to know what I should do. But now having been, you know, I guess three years in our, in our business for, for Gasquip, I know because I put in so much time talking to customers, looking at the market, you know, just absorbing all this information that I can make much, much better decisions than I could in the beginning because I've taken in all this information and I know what products are going to sell, what people are looking for, what problems are people having that I can solve and go in on that and put money towards it. And for example, like we've been spending I think we're at 15 months on this specific product, uh, developing out our gas analyzer and working with a contract agency or contract manufacturer to get that all designed out and prototyped and tested. But like we have very high conviction. Um, and we did when we started that project cause we've allocated quite a bit of money towards getting that done, but we couldn't have done that in the beginning because we really just didn't know what we were doing. But once you have put in the reps, you know which way you need to go and then you can execute. And the best part about this is, is you're not second guessing yourself. Even if you fail, you can know that you did the right thing based on what is the most effective strategy that you know to be true. Like you know that this is going to be the best thing to do is to push this team and try to wipe them out while they're hurt. You know that it's the most effective thing to take the extra profit you got in the business and put it towards this specific product line or patent or marketing campaign. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Someone got the best of you, competitor beats you to it, but you know you did the right thing. All right, so last analogy I'll make here is the idea of a cheat code. And this idea of like what makes a great game, like what makes a game fun and enjoyable to play. Well, I'd argue you got to have, you know, fun dynamics, be able to play with friends, um, constantly nowadays being updated with new content, you know, new items, new things to learn, new maps. Those are the type of things that keep people coming back to that certain game year over year. If a game isn't being updated and things aren't changing, people tend to eventually get burned out of that certain game. I mean, you see the bell curves of, you know, games like Call of Duty, super popular games like Call of Duty that have to release new games every single year because they start to lose their player base and their revenues go down. So they got to churn out a new game every single year. And I mean, to that same extent, some of these free to play games, like uh, I guess Warzone would be considered that it's like a call of duty type game. Uh, Fortnite would also be considered that where it's free to play. And so there's a lower barrier to entry, but it's also a lower barrier to exit because people don't feel like that they've put in a lot of their own, I guess, time and money into, you know, buying and purchasing the game. So you got to consistently over, over deliver on your content and your updates in order to keep people engaged and on the game. Um, you see this a lot with like mobile apps too, like angry birds, like whatever it is, you got to consistently put out new stuff. Otherwise your player base starts to go away. So to the same token, I would argue that as entrepreneurs, we 
have a strong need and desire to continually grow and to continually learn and to continually build. So that might look like we start to build, you know, new product lines and whatever it is, but at a certain point you have to start shifting your focus from trying to do too many things to like trying to optimize and learning how best to optimize your business or learning how best to go out and acquire new businesses or whatever it is. Like you have to shift your focus into different into different aspects of your business, but not necessarily away from your business. I mean, you just see it all the time with people that have, oh, I've got a, a marketing agency. I've got a drop shipping thing. I've got Amazon thing. I've got this website, this blog, this like all these, you know, quote unquote sources of revenue. But it's like, uh, is it really worth it? Like what, what would happen if you just spent all your time on one thing that had the most potential instead of spreading thin over seven different things? And of course, there's always the idea of cheat codes in video games. So I don't know if you've ever played a video game like GTA or uh, I used to love like Tony Hawk Pro Skater where you could enter in cheat codes into the game and it was like amazing. It was so fun for like 30 minutes, max an hour. And then... You know, you're sitting there after spawning in whatever items or doing whatever tricks and stuff that you could could normally do. My favorite thing to do was to go on GTA and like spawn in a, a big tank, like big Panzer style tank, and just go around like ransacking the city because normally you're like fighting the cops on foot and stuff. So you're just like running over all the cop cars and you know spawning in helicopters and fighter jets, and it is like so fun for like an hour. So, (laughs) I mean, this doesn't necessarily hold up as a good analogy for business, but if you like won the lottery, you see people that like win the lottery and then their life is awesome. It's amazing for like a few months, maybe, maybe a few years. And then they're like, I'm done with this. Like, this is not all it's cracked up to be. I got all this too easy. There's no actual fulfillment and enjoyment of spending this money because I feel like I didn't earn it. So I don't know if there's a great analogy for that in business, maybe getting like venture capital funds or something like that. But it's just a good reminder that, you know, we're all, we all have these goals in mind of revenue targets and, you know, money we want to make personally. But at the end of the day, it's more about, the game, the enjoyment of the game and just the ability to play and continually play the game because otherwise you end up burning out, you get uninterested, unhappy, you don't feel like you're growing and learning. So if you can continue to play the game and make it interesting for yourself, then you'll become the entrepreneur that you're supposed to. Okay. And very last, last point I'll make on this because I love this topic is that you got to play the cards that you're dealt. We're all dealt with a different hand. Some of us were, you know, immigrants. Some of us were born to doctors. Some of us were born with no legs. Some of us were born, I don't know what cards you were dealt with, but you have unique traits 
and strengths and things that God gave you specifically to use in your life, whether you want to admit that or not, or have thought about it, like you've got unique things about yourself that are strengths, no matter how you look at it. And I think a lot of this also comes from like, what did you grow up being surrounded by? Like your dad could have been a ophthalmologist. I mean, in my scenario, my dad is a ergonomist and engineer. My mom is an amazing fundraiser. So like I know way more about those topics than most people. Like I feel like I'm kind of an expert in certain topics that I was exposed to from a young age than most people. And like I've used those types of things to my advantage because those were the cards I was dealt. Same thing with like the opportunity to start the specific business we got into. Like I had the opportunity and I took it just because of my circumstances. So like you got to play the cards you're dealt. And the thing that's so beautiful about all of this is that all of the rules of the game are made up. <laughs> of course, you got to follow the, the law and all that, but like all of the rules of the game are made up and we get to set the terms and the information and choose who the players are and what the payoffs are going to be. We get to choose all of that. The rest of everything else that everyone tells you is just all made up. Real quick, guys, if you like this type of content, feel free to leave me a review down below. Uh, it really helps reach more people and hopefully spread a message worth spreading. I started this podcast because I wanted to help other entrepreneurs grow their businesses and also find other like-minded people that want to collaborate later on in our careers. So you can find me at LinkedIn at Luke Benden. Thanks for watching. Catch you on the next one. Bye.